Hello everyone, welcome back to the God and Grit podcast. Today I am so psyched to announce that I got to interview my friend Ruth Corshi. I met Ruth through basketball and track at Issaquah High School and all the time that I've known her she's been involved in sports and Ruth is also a Christian so she knows the struggle of juggling both sports and Christianity and her faith with family and school and all of that so she has some insightful advice that I would love to share with everyone and Ruth also has some good advice about how to handle the current social movement that has been happening throughout this quarantine um and she is very personally um, involved within it. And I think it's super awesome to have her perspective on the whole movement. So I hope you enjoy our interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the God and Grit podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Ruth Corshi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ruth. <laughs> Ruth, do you want to start us off by telling us about your background and your yeah. personal life? Stories? Yeah, so I was born in southern Africa in a town called Gaborone in Botswana. And my parents were both Christian, so I lived in a Christian household growing up. But then when I was about 10, um, my dad wanted me to come to the U.S. to go to school here. So I came, first I moved to California to live with my and aunt. And we lived there for about five six years. Both my uncle and aunt are also Christian, so I also was brought up in a, another Christian household. And yeah, it was, um, I don't know, for, for some reason when I moved, the, the switch from me moving from Botswana to the U.S. like was big for me, like cultural changes. And like, I've always heard things about the American culture and I wanted to kind of fit in. So I was kind of changing who I was to fit that stanza. And that kind of didn't like, correlate with my Christianity and like what I was taught so there was a struggle there and then I moved to Washington about four years ago almost five years now and me and my uncle and my aunt and their kids we live all here and yeah that was I started high school year in high school I was a bit more um like clocked in with my Christianity because I went to youth service every Wednesday night, and usually me and my family have services every Saturday evening and Sunday evening, so we're always kind of together and always talking about God and kind of focused on that. But then college started, and I don't know, it was just like, I think like the hardest part for me was just like, I like people that like me, like I like being in environments where everyone thinks like, like, oh, she's really nice, she's really funny, and so, like, I definitely changed my character to fit towards them, and that was my struggle, and that was, like, what I was trying to change within, like, what I did every day, because, like, if I, because, like, the things that I did was for other people's benefits, and that wasn't very Christian-like, and I didn't do a lot of things that were Christian-like as well, so that was a big, big struggle for me, and then also, I felt like I wasn't as connected to God, um, I felt like, I was basically just like, I didn't like pray anymore. I was just kind of just like, I just prayed when I needed help, which is like not a good thing. Um, but yeah, that was like, that's basically my whole story as of right now. Cause I'm still in a struggle. So I'm trying to like, kind of get back on track. Okay, cool. That's crazy. Like, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like you moved when you were 10. So you have like a pretty good memory of, I do of when you were a kid. So 
How many brothers and sisters do you have again? So I have an older brother, and I have a younger brother, then I have a sister. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And they're all still there? And yeah, they are. They okay. Are so how's that? That's got to be really hard. Like. Yeah. How often do you get to talk to them? I, like, recently I've been talking to them a lot more, but when I was younger, I really didn't. There was, like, a lot of disconnect because there was just a lot of clashing with my uncle and aunt, my, 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 my uncle and my mom, and so, like, I just didn't talk to them as much, but now I am, and it's it's good because I like I like to check in and see how they're doing, and it's like it makes me, yeah, like staying connected to family is really good. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you got to like talk to them and reconnect. Mm-hmm. So like, what was the moment for you that you realized like, oh, like I'm drifting away from God. This is not where I want to be, and I should start trying to like make changes. I had a lot of those instances in high school, but it was really after high school because like. High school is just, like, a toxic place. Oh, my gosh. High school is so toxic. People will really just be judging you, and you really, you don't want to seem like that weird kid, you know? So, yeah. Like, it was after high school, I'm like, I really don't care what other people think about me at this point. Like, yeah. I'm an adult. Like, I'm going to college. Like, I can do a fresh start. And so, like, at that mm-hmm. point, I was kind of just like, I'm not going to please anyone but God. Like, that's literally it. That's the only person I should be pleasing, so. That's so true. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and you also had to go through that ex- basketball experience. Awful. Yeah, do you want to, like, awful. talk about that? Yeah. So, I'm really into sports. I'm an athletic person. And I... a beast. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really good at, like, track and field events, but I decided to play basketball first. And so I went to all these trainings that there was at the school. And, like, during the summer, I did some couple games, but, like, I honestly had, like, the worst experience ever because (laughs) the coach was just so... She was just, like, toxic. Like, she would tell you stuff to make you feel good, but at the end, backstab you. And, like, you could... She does it, like, all the time. And she, like, basically just hung out with the cool people of the group, which was frustrating because, like, you're a coach. You're supposed to set the, like, morals and standards, and you're really just, like, being, like, a high school child over again, (laughs) which was ridiculous to me. Yeah. And that's where I met Renee, which I was really happy about, because, mm-hmm. like, she's been one of my really good friends for a long time right now. Yeah, basketball was just awful. I just quit. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even, um, get to make it for the actual school season. I just, like, practiced during the, like, summer, and, like, did some games during the summer, but got really no playing time whatsoever, so, yeah. Yeah, basketball was awful. I mean, it was, like, a horrible experience, I'm not gonna lie, but I'm really happy it happened, because otherwise I wouldn't have met you, so. Yeah, I know. It was a big plus. I remember, like, I was, like, walking up, I was literally terrified, because it was, like, the summer shootout stuff, and I was like, I don't know anyone, and then you were standing outside, because they had locked the doors, and so neither of us could get in, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's Ruth, like, she's so cool, she's never gonna talk to me, and then you, like, turned around, you're like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Ruth is talking to me. <laughs> no, but that's so good. But yeah, you were a beast at track too. So like, how was track compared to basketball? I love track. Honestly, I had really good friends by me during track. Renee did track too. Um, I had other couple friends that did track, and I liked the events I was doing. The coaches weren't as like toxic. They're a lot more nicer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had a great overall season, so I was happy to do. It. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How did you, like, notice the, like, trying to balance, like, being a student-athlete and a Christian and all that, like, throughout high school? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a struggle, but the way that I tried to stay locked in was going to, like, sent, like, Wednesday night youth services because, like, I could talk to people my age about, like, 
what I was going through and like when I was not dis when I was not connecting like what I could do to like stay locked in and also like my family always had um Saturday services that we'd sit together and had like like online because like we have a church back in California that we really really loved so we still stay connected by doing online services mm -hmm. there and then on Sunday as well we have like basically like dissecting like the Bible and like just basically just giving us more like knowledge and like how to go about the world spreading this information so like I was always like locked in like it was a good locking period because like I, I feel like during the week like Wednesday was like a break mm -hmm. just like for me to like kind of like collect myself and yeah then, like right in the middle yeah so that's it was nice. kind of yeah that's how I kind of stayed like connected yeah that's super cool so you like would like some advice you would say for like a student athlete who's in like high school or college or whatever would be like to find a group like that yes definitely find like good Christian friends to like stay locked in like me, me and Renee are doing, like, this thing where every night we kind of talk about, like, we talk about our praise for the day, like, did we, like, defeat the demons or not? <laughs> um, yeah, just, like, a friend that, like, you trust and that, you know, would help, like, give you good, like, advice. Like, I definitely think that would be good to, like, stay locked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Is there any, like, other advice you would give to a current student athlete? I don't know. Let's see. Hmm kind of sprung them on me but <laughs> but I would just say like um I would say get the bible app yeah and do the like get the daily verses and mm -hmm. use that that's good I feel like if you like get that stuck in your head like you kind of think about it it sits in your back of your head and like yeah that kind of like helps I feel like that's a good reminder especially when you're like so busy with like practice yeah. and school to have that pop up on your phone you're like okay wait like there's a bigger purpose behind yeah, all of this exactly. which is cool yeah, I definitely experienced that, like, trying to, like, please other people, especially in, like, the sports world when everything is, like, all based on, like, prowess and your athletic abilities and, like, trying to, like, feel like that was how people saw me and defined me and that's what made me, like, cool or, yeah. like, popular or have friends. But I think, yeah, that's very true that it's, like, good to stay grounded, especially having that meeting in the middle of the week is a good thing. Yeah. For sure. Um, so do you have any, like... Like, what's your favorite story or, like, experience in high school that you... High school sports that you want to share? High school sports? Let's see. Well, this is not, like, crazy, like, good, but, like, I was, um... I, like... I, like, was gonna make state for long jump, and, um... <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, so, like, I was going for my jump. I was doing pretty good. Um, and then this other girl was doing pretty good as well and like it was between me and her for the cutoff to make it for a long jump and for some reason I just like totally just ate it oh I no just, <laughs> oh no but like for some reason I was just like I was so happy for her like mm -hmm. she was after like she realized she was gonna make state she was just like the look of her and her face was just like pure joy and I was mm -hmm. like for some reason I was just like you know I'm like really happy for you like I didn't even feel that bad that I didn't make state because like I still ended up going like state like things because I was like a runner-up person mm -hmm. like overall like at, for some for some reason like that moment I was just like I'm, I'm really happy for you so wow that's huge that's yeah. really good I remember like I was one of those runner-ups for like shot put and I remember being like so sad that I didn't make it so you're already like doing better than me then but yeah that's awesome yeah I was kind of like over track at the end <laughs> yeah, I, was me like, too. I was just kind of like uh... by the end you're like I'm just ready to get out of here yeah yeah how was that like transitioning like no more sports like after 
like high school and then going into college how was that yeah that definitely I mean I like to stay active and like doing sports really like helped me stay active but yeah it kind of sucked not being like able to like like give motivation to go Mm -hmm. work out every day but yeah yeah it's just just sad but like you know I still have motivation to go work out I was just like I see people out there grinding you know like (laughs) trying to get their their body right and I was like you know what me too I'm trying to I'm trying to get in that mindset body's a temple yeah yes that's awesome yeah, and Ruth, like, does some pretty intense stuff. You should check out her food and fitness Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, my hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's actually awesome. Just her, like, jump rope workouts and her running. She does so much running, guys. It's crazy. Doing a lot of cardio. Lots of cardio. Realizing that cardio is not it, isn't it? <laughs> jump roping is where it's at. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, yeah, thanks for being interviewed. Is there anything else that you want to touch on or share any wisdom any anything for the listeners um i would just say get yourself a good christian friend to talk to (laughs) that's like number one like that's really how like i stayed locked in like a good friend to talk to every night like it just makes me feel like i'm on the right path and i'm doing the right thing so yeah keep each other accountable yeah that's awesome well thanks for being on the podcast ruth this was fun definitely have to have you back later and check in again all right. All right. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, we're back here with Ruth Corshi, round two. Hey, everyone. I just thought that our first conversation was way too short, and we needed to have some more time to talk. And also this week, me and Ruth have been talking a lot about just the whole Black Lives Matter movement and all the social unrest and everything. So I just thought it'd be a really good idea to get Ruth's, um, get Ruth's opinion on some things. So... Um, Ruth, given all the social unrest in the world right now, like, what do you think the proper response is to it as a Christian? Yeah, so there's just a lot going on in the world, and it's, like, really heartbreaking to see what's happening, and I think the only appropriate response is prayer, because, like, we've tried everything. People have done peaceful protests, they have signed petitions, they've, like, emailed the lords, but the people are still, like, not getting the message or like people have basically just talked to them about like why they have why they believe a certain thing and they try to change their mind on it but people are kind of set in their ways so it's like at that point like we can't really do much other than pray as a christian so that's like what i would say to do at this point because like the other methods have just not been working recently so mm-hmm. yeah um yeah that's good i think like you know there is a certain point where you have to like take action other than prayer but it is does feel like a lot has been happening and not a lot of things like have come from it so yeah yeah um so how have you like personally felt the effects of racism well personally for me i haven't like dealt with severe racism i've just like dealt with like just people just saying little insensitive racial racist jokes which i kind of just brush aside because it's like they either just take it as a joke and don't really understand the context behind it and how like hurtful it is or, like, sometimes I've had instances where people were, like, targeting me because I spoke up for what's right, what I believe that's right, based on race. And, like, they've obviously attacked me and said, like, really rude, harsh things. But at that point, people just, like, want to argue with you, and they always want to be right, and they just don't budge. And so there's really no point in continuing that conversation. So I kind of just, like, leave it as it is. But, yeah, I haven't had too much of a crazy, like, like race, like, um racial like 
what's the word? I just haven't had that much of crazy, like, um, race-related things happen to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, yeah, you're talking about, like, conversations with people who are super set in their ways. Like, it's hard to have those. Yeah. What about for people that, like, maybe, like, in the church or just, like, at schools and stuff that, like, maybe have never had to, like, think about these kind of things before? Like, like you know, white people, like, people that just they're not really aware of it until things like this do happen. Yeah. Like, would you still think it's a good idea to, like, have conversations with I definitely them? think it's important to have conversations with them, especially give them some education and light, but also they need to do that research and information for themselves because, like, people of color can't be educating people um, constantly about race-related things because we learn their history and we know, like, everything about that, but they also know in our history because we can't be constantly teaching them all the time. It gets really, like, tiring and frustrating and, like, it's like a huge burden to put on like a person's shoulders to be constantly fighting people that are saying racist remarks. And it's like it's like really um, draining. So I would I, I think it's good to foster some conversations and give them the information they need. But at some point, they also need to learn by themselves because like it's hard for people of color to be constantly doing that. Yeah. So yeah, that just makes sense. Um. So yeah, for like you coming from like Botswana and like the culture there, like. Like, how are the cultures, like, diff- how do they differ and how are they similar? If you can remember, because you were, like, 10. Yeah, well, back home, I, honestly, race was not a big issue, like, at all. Like, I didn't deal with anything. I didn't have to see, I didn't see anything about, like, people hurt because of racial, racial remarks. People were pretty, just, like, everything was, I don't know, everything just felt kind of just, like, normal, per mm-hmm. se. Like, race is just not a big issue. And I feel like in African countries, maybe, like, um, there is some self-hate because of colorism and people like wanting to be lighter because that, that's that's an ideolo- ideology that's been passed down because of European colonization in Southern Africa um, so but yeah other than that there really has not been like any like big racial like like issues or tensions back home so and so like when you came here was that like how did that change really? yeah there was like for some reason the switch here for like it was just the talk about race was just so tense like people it's a touchy subject and so like yeah like for some reason I didn't understand why like the, like the Edinburgh specifically like it's such a big thing here like back home it's people don't even say it like back home I don't mm-hmm. know people ever saying that word like at all but here it's like a big it's like a big thing people say it all the time it's in music mm-hmm. and like especially if a white person says it it's like really like offensive and so like yeah it was it was a the cultural shift based on race was a big thing yeah yeah and so like would you say like coming to the u.s is when you notice that yes shift? that's when i noticed that yeah okay um so like how are you able, like how did you personally like respond to that like being a Christian who, like, wants to love everyone and wants to spread the love of Christ, and, like, how would you say, like, we are to respond to that as Christians, both as, like, the people that you think are being affected by this? I mean, because everyone's kind of being affected by this, but, like, both the people, like, like, the privileged and, you know. Yeah, um, I wasn't as, like, woke, I would say, about the, like, like, racial issues back then, but growing, like, growing up, like, I've gotten really frustrated because, like, now it's affecting people like I see people on the news like like it's been okay so like when I first came here like I wasn't so set on it but I joined this club at my high school called um ASAP it's called African Students for Progress and Awareness and that's when I realized like how bad it was 
that people of color and minorities face in the U.S. And, like, that's when I kind of got, like, it just kind of opened my mind a little bit more. And so, like, as a Christian, I want to, like, accept and, like, love everyone and, like, show kindness. And, like, maybe they're just, maybe they just need God a little bit more in their heart. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really hard to open your heart to someone that's going to be hard towards you and, like, put you down. And, yeah, it's, it's a really hard, like, challenge. But I feel like that's, like, what I, like that's what I need personally to grow and, like, learn to, like, still love despite people, like, hating on me so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I think that's like super important because like I think for me personally I never was really super aware about that until like recently with like the whole George Floyd and this whole movement that's been happening because of that and I think like just to be like aware that this is happening and this is going on and to be able to like be uncomfortable having these kinds of conversations because like I think a lot of it is people just wanting to brush it off and be like oh I'm not this exactly, doesn't affect yeah. me. And that's the issue. People, like, think that, oh, this doesn't affect me because I'm not racist or I'm not doing these things. But, like, the people that are silent and not talking more about the issue and educating people that um, are so set in their ways, that's, like, the issue that we're having because, like, they go on to believing the same thing and you go on to ignoring it and the issue still persists, which is why this movement this is still going on since, like, 2015, ever since the Trayvon Martin murder. That's when the Black Lives Matter movement was created. And, yeah and it's not people I, I just it like it like annoys me how people think that it's like a phase because people like love phases like that's culture like new stuff keeps popping up like black lives matter movement has been happening for years because the deaths keep happening and it's gotten worse just it's gotten worse ever since it's not getting it's not gotten any better from when it started so mm -hmm. yeah and like for you so I know we're talking about like black lives matter movement mm -hmm. like so there's like the difference between the movement and the Black Lives Matter organization and how like there's a lot of like kind of tension between them and like maybe Christian churches because of how they're saying like they want to destroy the nuclear family and things like that which a lot of doesn't really go with a lot of Christian values they're kind of yeah against that so like how would you say for us like trying to support the movement and like yeah. Like what, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, so I, I did begin doing a lot more research into the Black Lives Matter organization, and some of the things that they've done or said have not really been aligning with, like, what I believe as a Christian. And so that's why I've kind of strayed away from the organization and focused more on the movement that's been, that's been focused on trying to convict the cops that have done, like, atrocious, like, things towards people of color and put them in jail. Like, they do the petitions, they do the protests and all that. Like, the organization is a like leaning towards more um, of ideals that I don't really support. Like, how should I say this? Just like in general, like what they're like, what they're what they're saying is different from what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's like been a big like maybe red flag for people when trying to like navigate how to support this movement. I think so. Um, so, like, this whole movement going on, like, what do you think your biggest takeaway that, like, since this started, like, have you had any big takeaways? I would say that the, like, the, I, I didn't realize how much people actually, like, the hate that people have, like, I've never understand why a person would hate someone so much because of their skin, the skin color like I, I really just like don't I can't really grasp that 
And so it just shows me that there's a lot going on in people's lives that we don't see on a daily basis and whenever they're fighting that people just like need help. Like that's like a thing that I've been thinking about. It's just yeah. Like there's the really like this hate is just like it has to be it has to be formed through like maybe family situations, like events that's happened during their lives and like that's what's formulated that hate towards it's a bigger thing or person. So I'm just I feel like there's there needs to be a lot of prayer in this country for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a big thing, just like I mean, Christ calls us to love everyone, to be all united as one, like, we all are brothers and sisters in Christ, and I think, like, the big thing with that is just trying to find ways to love your neighbor, and, like, whatever that means, like, empowering people that can't be, like, can't find that themselves, like, standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves, and I think just spreading the love, like, it really is just loving each other, and trying to, you know, I want your best interest, whatever that may be. I want you to be able to live your best life, you know? Yeah. So I think, like, just because I love you as a sister in Christ, so I think that's a big thing for, like, I don't know how, to be honest, like, a lot of changes can be made through, because obviously it's taking a long time for small changes to be made. Yeah. And I think, like, person to person, these, like, interpersonal interactions that need to happen on a much smaller level in order for there to be bigger changes. At least for me personally, is kind of what my takeaway was. So, I guess, like, moving forward from all this, like, do you have, like, what's your advice, advice for, like, people who are struggling with this and trying to come to grasp with, like, everything that's been going on? Yeah, um, I, I would definitely say just still be active on, like, you know, social media or the news, but be careful what news you're watching specifically, and just, like, like be aware of the petitions and stuff that's going on but you can definitely help with like black lives matter movement and like all the, c- the cases that need to be put forward to like get justice but also just like pray for like everyone because like i feel like prayer at this point is like all we can get because like we we have people have tried to do so much but like basic things that we're doing is not getting anywhere so mm-hmm. I, like the only thing we can turn to is god at that point so yeah yeah very true um that was actually one more thing i want to ask you just like personally like social media burnout and just like seeing post yeah. after post which is like it's like it has informed me of a lot but at the same time i'm getting a little sometimes i can get overwhelmed by it so like what yeah. what's your perspective on that yeah that has happened to me after the george floyd birth death and the mother death that was like really really awful and then just seeing like bunch more cases pop up like it's definitely like draining emotionally to see like all that happening and seeing it constantly happening and there's just no change but I definitely think taking breaks is a good thing like you can definitely take a break and just like build yourself up mentally so that you're doing okay but yeah because like you can't you can't fight everyone on the surf like there's just so many people there's like seven billion plus people to like argue with and, like mm-hmm. so yeah definitely take a break um still like guard like foster conversations between people that you know are like at least want to talk about it have an mm-hmm. open mind to it that's when that's when you that's when the, that's the good sign like, right there they want to change like they want to hear what why what they're doing is like wrong and like how you can help them see that so yeah but definitely take a break because it is very dangerous training mm-hmm. yeah all right. Well, I think that's all the questions I had for you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for coming back on the podcast for a second time. (laughs) 
You are listening to the God and Grit podcast, the show that aims to help other Christian athletes. I am your host, Renee Hopper. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast.